Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 227th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by bit.net and those sexy legends at Audio Technica and Manscaped, but more on those guys and girls later. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere, Brendan 8-Bit. And joining me today, my podcast, Ride or Die, the solo mid-champion, otherwise known as Ari, to my master, Yi. You can find MDM socials at Miss Ali Hart. What's going on today, Miss Elihart? Oh, hello, hello, hello. Um, I was curious because I, I knew how you do intros and I was trying to remember what character you play. So um, curious if anyone in the audience knows the reference yet. You will soon find out. That's but, true. We um, might keep you in suspense for at least a few more seconds. But uh, yeah, we've, uh, we've both been dabbling in something a little bit new, uh, which mm. is very exciting. I uh, just wanted so to. So it was uh, new for you. I wasn't too sure if you've had previous experience with this one. I, I did, but I'd sort of say I'm I'm starting fresh. Like I played. Uh, okay, well, uh, full spoilers, people. The game in question we're talking about is League of Legends. Obviously, MOBA game. I I mentioned that I had a few spins of it last week, but uh, this week have had a few more goes around. And uh, Miss Ali Hart has joined in on the fun as well. But uh, yeah. this is your first actual experience with the game ever, right? Yeah, it is. I've never ever played it, never touched it. It's, I've previously stated like I've played Smite. Um, so I, I thought I thought I had an idea of what I was kind of getting into. And by golly, it was still really new, really daunting. Um, still so, so much to learn. <laughs> so It's intense. Like, um, yeah, like I, I played many many moons ago with salim the dream way back in the day but like i had no ability then and i've got even less now and <laughs> there's just so many champions i think that's the most overwhelming thing with this game is that obviously you've got say four or five primary roles that you play in this game but then on the back of that there's like i think there's in excess of 60 champions give or take that could even be underestimating the overall number but there's yeah, a lot. I think I read somewhere they're unlocking more, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, like like they drop a new champion. It feels like every month or so. Um, but like I'm I'm no lol expert, so those numbers could be way off. So keep the pitchforks away for now. But like there's a lot, and yeah, there's going to continue to be a lot more. But just knowing the intricacies of a few champions, let alone one, is <laughs> tough. And knowing how to play, how to how to utilize this character, when's best to use their abilities, blah, 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 blah. It is daunting. Like It is. And, like, you know, we've been taken under the wing of NATO and uh, Kaz as well. And um, they've been helping us along on the journey of getting familiar with LOL. Um, but it's <laughs> it just like I, was, I mentioned when we were playing, like I felt like I had a very disappointed father watching over me <laughs> because I had NATO like guiding me through mid lane and you know telling me, no, you missed that one. No, you got step back. You got to move back. And I'm just like, I feel like I'm just disappointing my dad and I'm just not doing well at soccer. And, you know, he's just going to, you know, take away the PlayStation until I get better at it. So it's, but, it's tough. 
it's tough. Yeah. Like I cop, I copped it from both our low parents. <laughs> uh, you you weren't in this game, but like I was, I was jungling, which I'm I'm still trying to get my head around. And they were trying to like push push a few enemies in my direction so we could uh, you know all jump on them together. But they, they sort of went hold off for a little bit, and I interpreted that as in like okay, go do my own stuff. So I I sort of moved from my little my little sneaky attack spot and just went and farmed some creatures in the jungle. And then they pushed up to where I was and then I got back obviously really late and they could have nearly died. And then it was like, you know, when you're meant to do this, you got to tell us where you're moving away. We had a strategy in place and a plan in motion and you were nowhere to be seen. And I was like, I'm sorry. Sorry, mom. Sorry, dad. Like, it just looked good over there. So I get what you're saying. Like, um, yeah, it sucks to disappoint the, the lol fam. That's for sure. You know what sucks worse when you're running mid lane by yourself and you're the newbie and you're the one that's trying to figure your shit out and then everything's going to crap and you're barely making any ground and then everyone starts to join you in the middle and then they take care of everything while you're dead. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is sad. Like I've been doing the middle lane by myself. And- yeah, mid and, mid and top is is can be can be a little bit lonely. Like especially if you're against somebody that's got some some good sort of combat to to what you're trying to throw at them like if they can sort of match up with you really well it is very much like a you get an inch then they get an inch then you get two inches then they might get one and it's like very back and forth when it's just that one-on-one but yeah being in say bot or or, um floating around the jungle and you can sort of just sneak in and out to get a kill and then keep going on your business that adds some fun to it but yeah you're you're like the uh you know, you're the, you're the pillar. You're, you're the glue keeping this thing together. That middle and top, where it is just that one-on-one, long-term slow burn. It's it's uh it's tough to see, but you you performed admirably, and uh, I think mum and dad so were proud. Much. I think they were. I, I definitely eventually impressed um, dad after a while. He was very proud when I was able to kill a few people and take my, you know, take essentially middle lane for myself. So. Um, I think it's just going to take a lot of time. There's a lot yeah. of um, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, I guess I'm going to say it's my like first person shooter experience that I need to kind of like knock out of my head because I'm not used to playing and then like essentially retreating back to the yeah. start to get my health and mana back. Like never a backward step with you, Miss Hart. Never no. a backward step. <laughs> no, I'm an emu, always moving forward. Um, so it's <laughs> a great it, reference. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that why we have a kangaroo and an emu on the coat of arms, right? They always That's move true. forward. That's true. You could say kangaroo too because they can't go backwards. Take either. I guess I just picked an emu. Uh- <laughs> they got big, big claws. Yeah, that's my long legs. Um, that's it. But, yeah, so it's kind of those mannerisms that you kind of have to get used to and take yourself out of because if you don't, you just, you know... You're not doing yourself a service and you're like me and you finish a match and everyone's maybe died once and my kills just like you've died like 20 times. Uh, I, I was like that too. Like I've been, I've been jumping around different characters just to try and get a feel for different roles and different abilities to see what works. And I was like that too, where I'd, I'd just be like, oh, if I just take two more steps and get close to that tower, I can kill this guy. And then you get him and he gets you or the tower gets you and he gets away the with gets a steric of health like... Yeah, I've, it's tough. I've, I'm sort of from that same uh, emu mindset, uh, if we want to call it, where, you where can yeah, be the I'm, kangaroo. I'm, yeah you, no retreat, no surrender. It's like, yeah, f- forward, Sweep forward, the forward the whole time. And 
yeah in this game it's very much it's it's chess you you have a little exchange then you go back and yeah recoup your mana and your health and buy some items and that's another thing items is intense knowing what to build so thanks to uh oh, yeah. that blitz.gg app that just takes oh, yeah. all the guesswork out of it and you just you know follow the breadcrumbs it tells you to buy what and when and how and <laughs> cuts out all You're the like, stress yes, sir. <laughs> i'll yeah. take care of that but it's good but hopefully um we can try and rumble during the day over the weekend because uh, Alex Blue Shift Andreu uh, plays with us a little bit too of an evening. So we could have a full team of five and yeah. get uh, Alex from NPCs on with us and roll out with a full suite and try and uh, stomp some punks. Yeah, try. Try being the keyword, especially when you have me around. But um, <laughs> yeah, it'd be pretty interesting to see um, how it would be different from bots, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I it's... It, it's still like I don't see this being a long term thing for me. Um, like I said, it's just I feel like League of Legends is one of the pillars, like major pillars of gaming, and I I just feel like you should at least experience those kind of games once. Yep, like, I'm with you. you. To, I'm with you. You need to tr- at least try it, see what it's about, and kind of better understand it. So, but the the slow burn nature of this game probably won't keep me. So, I I do like though that the game. It starts, like I sort of said, it starts like chess, but then it ends up being like just, I don't know what you call it at the end, where it's just when everyone's like... Bloody horde mode you know, at the 10, end. T- level 10 to level 16 or whatever, when you start getting to them where, where you can sort of one-shot people and it gets really aggressive and then it's like full team team exchanges, that's, mm-hmm. that's where it gets real bonkers, where it's just, you know, towers are down and it's just skirmish, 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 death, 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 heal, run back in. Like, it's just... I like that part of it where it just dials up the insanity and it just gets so bananas. But I'm with you. I don't think like it's not a forever game for me, but like it's good to have something in the rotation where you can just pick up, play a couple of games and jump off. And under for me, it's also like kind of understanding as well, like kind of mm. knowing what it's all about as opposed to being like maybe slightly ignorant, being like, ah, I've never played the game. I'm not even going to try and begin to understand what's going on. So yeah but no it's been fun it's good fun and yeah having a uh, mum and dad certainly in there you know holding our hands through through the the crazy world that is league of legends has certainly helped so uh yeah shout out shout out to the best uh wow not wow lol couple in uh on, on the western Brenda's been playing the western side of the country game. i've been playing everything <laughs> but not wow i'm not going back i can't i can't take that uh that sort of needle back in the veins that's done but uh, i see you've been playing Jeez. another little ditty uh, which is kind of exciting. Oh, you know me with my uh, builders and everything like that. But um, Planet Coaster has been around for some time now, quite some yeah. time. And I've been into my city builders. I've, you know, been into Theme Park World. Um, what was the oh, super OG? Um, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Yeah. I- I'm very familiar with these games. So Planet Coaster, I like I kind of knew I would enjoy it, but there was this really ignorant side of me that's like, eh, it's a- another roller coaster build a game like what else you know what else is going to be different from it oh my goodness it is such a blast and it's super adorable um just the level of attention when it comes to being more immersive in like dealing with the actual patrons and then interactivity on like a game that actually rewards you and it's actually quite noticeable for you dressing up the environment like putting interactive um animatronics or putting up like 
just I guess like toilets and stuff like that like just seeing the character like going through the patrons and seeing them actually acknowledge like the line for this ride had great scenery and I'm like oh shit <laughs> thank you for noticing I appreciate, <laughs> yeah, appreciate that. that I took a, took many an hour trying to get that scenery looking looking good <laughs> looking, and lush so yeah. thank you thank you patron thank, thank you patron um, the only problem that I had was assuming that when I opened my theme park, I was charging money. I just assumed that that was the standard. And I was wondering why my theme park was so, so busy. I'm like, man, my theme park must kick ass. It's so busy. There's so many like busy rides. There's people everywhere. I'm so good at designing theme parks. And then I go over to the thing and it's like free entry. <laughs> So you just come on, you're hemorrhaging come on. money. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, but either way, like, like I said, just going in, you zoom into like where being at patron level and just seeing them interact with the entertainers and seeing them like get excited and pointing at the fireworks up in the sky and it's it's been a really great experience. So it's it's rekindled my love for the roller coaster theme park builders. So. Um, I'm sure Planet Coaster has probably been in a Humble Bundle. That may be how I yeah. got it. So if anyone's previously had a Humble Bundle where they've just kept on, you know, renewing every month regardless of whether they buy the games or not, you may already own this one. That's me. Um, That's how I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and it's a good kind of like throwaway side game where you don't really want to dedicate your time too much to something, but you want to feel some level of achievement. So um, Planet Coaster has been a lot of fun. It's been yeah. very, very cute. So, <clears throat> no, it's awesome. I like that you can just something that's cool in it. It's probably part of most of these games and universes now. It's just being able to ride the rides once you've built them too, to sort of see what the experience is. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I was a bit, I'm a bit of a dud because I get really frustrated when it comes to the actual building of roller coasters. And when you're like, okay, I'm going to build this and this, and it's like, oh, sorry, you ran out of space or the terrain's not right. And I get so frustrated with that. God. So I just, I did standard builds like presets. Yeah, just let me be. I'm, I'm more about putting pretty trees around and now they reward me for that. Well, so As evidenced by the positive feedback from yeah. your patrons, you know, Old good scenery. Old mate the uh, pirate ship ride he uh, really appreciated that barrel that exploded so i remember riding the pirate ship at wonderland when i was a kid and holy moly that thing scared the bejesus out of me oh really like i remember the first time riding it and it was like lots of fun until i realized that the gag that kids and patrons would do on that ride was when it got to a certain level you would spit so then when it rocked the other way a person would get spit in their face yeah so people i mean props to I mean, you got to give it to them because they were obviously paying attention to science, but <laughs> the fact science. that people were, yeah, really gross science, people were getting spat in the face in this riot. Yeah. I miss Wonderland. Yeah. Yeah. Simpler times. I remember the first time I went to Wonderland, I wasn't tall enough to ride the, I think the demon was their big coaster. So I had to just ride the beastie, which was like their littler one that kids of that height could ride. But I remember going few years after that and been able to ride the demon it was like yeah the demon was the one that would go back back spin yep. and then straight there was yep. the big one the big roller coaster at the front yes i don't know what that one was called the beast no nah, the beastie was the the big i think the beastie was bigger but it was a little one like no for, there was the for, little beastie at the back like yep. the smaller one and then there was the giant one at the front maybe that was then, the demon then 
Well, I think the demon, like I said, I think the demon is the one where it's like a straight path where it pull, where you start off and it takes you back and then it drops you, you do one loop and then you kind of go mm. up. I can't remember. Either way, I couldn't ride the big ones the first time I went there and I was sad because I wasn't tall enough. I just didn't because I was chicken shit. And then <laughs> I I got a taste of like blood of the adrenaline of rides and now I'm obsessed. All about only, it, yeah. I can't do the ones that drop you though. I hate those. Yeah, they're pretty intense. They are pretty intense. Um, but something else that's been a little bit intense this week is uh, Season 8 of Apex Legends making its way to every console. Uh, well, nearly every console and platform, I Almost. should say. But it's actually been confirmed that the Switch version of Apex Legends is going to be dropping on March the 9th. What the fuck? Which is kind of cool. So cross-platform Apex, maybe playing Apex in your bed, on the Switch, with your mates. On the toilet. On the toilet, on the public transport, wherever you want to play, wherever you want to drop in. But um, yeah, season eight's out. Uh, there's been uh, some readjustments again to Kings Canyon, and we get uh, mm. we get our first uh, taste of Aussie representation in the game with uh, Fuse, who is, I guess you could say, he's he's sort of a an, an assault character, uh, a lot of explosives and whatnot. So he's he's main like his uh left bumper his main abilities uh he's got like a little cluster grenade thing he can shoot out every 20 or so seconds that do like splash damage and then um his ultimate he drops like this sort of ring of fire so you can encase enemies into it and he's a ton of fun to play uh, i still i've got my fix out of him i think and i've moved back to lifeline who's who's my main but <laughs> yeah. um yeah he's fun to play and it was cool to cool to see this this character and how he was uh representing us you could say in the game like uh ben pendergrast voiced him who is actually an aussie native which is awesome we don't get the americans trying to do the australian accent so it's full full true blue struth uh you know he references acdc you know he says bloody hell ken oath talking about slabs and six packs and coldies and like it's aussie bogan like this dude's meant to be i think he's Close or around fifty odd, because he talks about he's been breaking hearts for um for five decades or something. So he's fifty something. This guy, but <laughs> looks good, great voice work, cool new abilities. I'm really digging it. I'm hoping uh, this might be enough to get you to to dust off the Apex boots oh, and, and come had, play a few games. Yeah, I had every attention in coming back. Um, I had to just take a break from Apex because we just had like a full line of games. Like we had Cyberpunk, which I'm still scheduled to finish soon so we can get the spoiler cast going. Um, and then we obviously got Hitman and then there was a few games in between. So, But I really enjoyed my experience when I, at the end of last year where I said I'm playing Apex every day so I can get good at it. And it worked. Yeah. So I definitely yeah. do want to jump back into it. I don't think I have any interest in playing this Fuse character. Um, Keep playing as Bloodhound? He's, yeah, he's who you were maining, weren't you? He is my main. Yeah, so I was by the end of it, I was maining Bloodhound and um, Gibraltar. Yeah. So I'll probably... Two great stick. characters with a lot of Two utility. Fit. Yeah. Yeah, and so I'll probably stick with them. Can we talk about how unimaginative it is that Apex created another character and their ult is a fire from above? With yeah, their there's, ring of there's a few of them now. There's certainly a few. There's three. And, um, Gibraltar does it. Yeah, Gibraltar, um, Bangalore. Bangalore does it, and yeah, now he does it. Yeah, so uh, they're same, same, but different. I like with this one at least, you know, if, if you can drop this thing around an enemy, 
or a group of enemies like they can't get out like if they push through that fire there's a chance that fire is going to do ch- enough chunk damage to drop them and kill them mm. so it's cool like i think seeing that ability synergize with like um horizons sort of uh void ball thing she throws out that gotcha, sucks yeah. everybody in like combining that with that flame ability i think would be huge actually yeah I can see so, that, but I haven't yeah. been able to play with a horizon to synergize that yet. So it's just been me <laughs> throwing these um, <laughs> these rings of fire around the joint. But just listening to the banter that he throws around in the game yeah. is phenomenal. Like um, so many great lines. Yeah, I'm glad he's actually throwing out what what we would consider like token um, Australian slang, but would actually be quite unfamiliar to foreign audiences so getting yeah. them to experience it and probably just hearing it going what the hell did he just say uh-huh. um, what does that mean yeah i'm still thinking that the the aussie is really like turned up a bit too much but it's better than i mean how we've been previously shown and played uh i.e junk rat played by a british person i'm pretty yeah. sure so like it's um it's no level of like houseos or something like that like like he is oh. a <laughs> You know, he's he's an, like he's, he's like an, a typical Aussie bogany bloke, but it's not mm. like to the millionth degree. Like they haven't exaggerated it too much. It's just a a dude that you'd probably meet in every second pub in Australia for the most part. Like um, fire, yeah. you know, he talks like that, and but it's really well done. It's really well done, and and I guess probably could have let off with this part before I jumped into talking about Apex, but we can we can sandwich it in here, and it'll still You've make sense. Got mail. And um, so sort of synergizing with, with this game was our, was our question of the week. And uh, we were talking about Fuse making his way to Apex Legends. And we thought we'd sort of throw it out to the audience and uh, get a temperature check on um, how, how we feel uh, Australian representation has been handled in the video game space. So, uh, you know, are we adequately showcased? Is it good, bad, or other? Like Miss Hart, you just mentioned about uh, Junk Rat uh, being voiced by uh, a British I person. I believe it's a British person. Yeah. Yeah. I might be wrong. So, so that's that. Um, you know, Benny sort of says ninety nine percent it's corny or over the top with the accent dialed up to eleven. Not necessarily yep. bad, depending on the context of the game. But it would be nice to see Aussie representation in more serious games. True. Which I think True. is very fair. We don't get too many sort of serious or deadpan representations of Australians uh, in gaming. Uh, John O'Peck says, does Miranda Lawson count? She at least has a normal Aussie accent. God damn, she does. I love Miranda Lawson. And uh, Yvonne Strahovski voiced her and shared her likeness or lent her likeness to uh, Miranda. She was the, uh, the secret agent in uh, Chuck. And she was also, um, she I can't remember her name now, in... Um, in the Handmaid's Tale, uh, she's sort of the the wife of which Fane's brother is. It's not Ralph. What's the other one? Whichever. But she's one of the the main antagonists in uh, the Handmaid's Tale. I've been saying and, his uh, last name wrong. Yeah, she's a she's a great great actress, and uh, yeah, love Miranda Lawson. So yeah, she definitely does counter shows John O'Peck. Uh, Zombies Love Bacon says, from what I've seen, it's kind of meh. Not super exciting or groundbreaking. Nothing ever will beat the representation of Australia in that Simpsons episode. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay, maybe. You know, I, and that's, I think that's the tough part. Like, that Simpsons episode, the rest of the world just sees us as that episode, I think, now. Like, it's so ingrained and in everybody. And Crocodile Dundee, yeah. Yeah. And Mad Max. And Mad, and yeah, and Crocodile Hunter. 
that's probably the main ones, right? Where we're oh, sort yeah, of typecast yeah. as about him. Yeah. So it's it's usually like in the same same vein, like you know, crazy, wild west kind of one with, I guess, nature, but a very barren landscape. So. Yeah. Mm. yeah. We all drink Fosters apparently, and uh, play a bit they of knifey spoon. That here. They actually sell cans of Fosters here. Yeah. It's funny because, like, no one really in Australia drinks Fosters, but everyone no. thinks it's the Australian beer. So, anyway. Anyway, uh, Fault Runner says, the only ones I've seen are almost always exaggerated comic relief types, apart from maybe Kano. Oh, Shout yeah. out to Kano. Fantastic representation of Aussie. Uh, I think we're adequately showcased for sure, although it would be nice to see someone that isn't a white bloke. Good very, point. very true. And at Rusty Steel Pipe says... One of my favorite operators in Black Ops 4, Crash, is an actual, is an indigenous bloke. So it's good to wow. see that uh, we have a bit of uh, you know indigenous Australian representation in the gaming uh, space. And yeah, Crash is uh, an operator you can run in Black Ops, which is good to see. So I think they're getting better. I think we're getting less caricatured in a way. Um, mm. And it's being more realistic representations. And it's it's just it's always cool to see because our accent stands out. As in an Aussie, in an Aussie way to describe it, as like dog's balls in games. Like you hear the American back and forth, then you get an Aussie accent thrown in there, and you like immediately go, "What? What's that? Who's this? Who's this?" Yeah, like I don't know. Sometimes I guess maybe also because I'm like living here now. Um, I don't know. I just I do feel like whenever an Australian character is in a game, it's just overly Australian. It's like, and it's not worth having an Australian character in a game apparently unless it's blatantly obvious and like like i said i completely i keep on forgetting that kano is australian an australian character so although i always visualize that uh, that actor from he was in jag and he played kano in the movie (laughs) oh yeah um i think he had a more british accent didn't he but yeah i like ear to ear (laughs) hello love um (laughs) did you miss me (laughs) Because he finds her a kiss, doesn't he? Start, he's like, Mwah. <laughs> like <laughs> I love that movie so much. Um, um, but it's it would be great just to see an Australian character represented differently. Just like we're not we're not all Mad Max characters. We're not living in a you know junkyard, and we're not all like mechanics, explosive experts kind of thing. Like yeah, um, like you said, Horizon. Like, she's Scottish, right? Her character's background yeah, is Scottish. Yeah. And they didn't, you know, put her in a kilt. They didn't, you nope. know, you know, just make her, her a hair. chef of haggis. <laughs> they just gave her red hair and she's like a science expert. Like, you know, why can't why can't they do that sort of stuff with Australian characters? Why can't we have some like awesome like, you know, like we've had represent like we've had a very significant part in space technology. You know, we've been a part of I, it was the moon landing, right? The we dish, had, yeah. The exactly. dish movie has a great movie, by the way. Yeah, Sam so, Neil, love you. Yeah, put us in a put us in a different kind of category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're getting there. We're we're getting more fleshed out characters these days, as opposed to yeah the parodies of of Australiana. But um, yeah, I you know going full circle, it's it's awesome to see. Fuse is really well done. He's a fun character to play, and everyone's playing this game. Like uh, they sort of announced the EA. Uh, sort of fourth quarter earnings and uh, the game uh, Apex is uh, up 30% year over year growth in new players uh, quarter on quarter and um, on the back end of, you know, October through December, 
in that uh, season seven spike uh, grew another 30% on top of that again. So uh, yeah, the people are hungry and this game uh, seems to be here to stay and it's awesome to see. It's awesome to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I still love it. Still love it. Now, uh, maybe we can get in and get a couple of get a couple of them crowns, get a couple of them W's. Couple yeah, let's get a win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so moving on, quick bit of housekeeping. Uh, the Hungry Game Show episode 14 is dropping this coming Thursday via early access over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit. And this uh, is the inevitable first episode where we've got two contestants going at Ooh. each other in real time as they combat against Blizzard's classic, Blizzard's juggernaut of a game, World of Warcraft. So that's his... Uh, our boy Matty Stallone from Audio Technica going up against Ryan Dingle, aka Panda TV, Twitch streamer extraordinaire, pitting their wits against one another and World of Warcraft. So that was a uh, ton of fun to record last weekend. Uh, wow. The edit has been challenging, but uh, we are getting there <laughs> and it will be ready uh, this coming Thursday to drop into your ears via early access. Uh, episode 13 is obviously available right now on the Hungry Gamers RSS feed as well. And that was uh, seeing Zach from News to Reviews go up against uh, God of War, the most recent iteration of the game. So uh, see mm. how he fared against Kratos and co. And also dropping this week by early access uh, over on ko-fi.com for such weird 8 bit is episode number two of uh, Benny McChant's Cocktail Club. Ooh. And uh, this theme is the Midori Illusion. Oh, Great nice. little cocktail. Uh, can confirm it tastes very nice it's actually got yours truly jumping on i am the uh the the ultimate ringer for podcasts if you if you need someone to fill in at late notice apparently i'm the one so uh i've jumped in and benny and i have a good riff and a good chat and uh you know just uh talk life talk cocktails so check that out over at kofi.com forward slash we are 8 bit and it drops on the 8 bit cast rss feed two weeks later but miss hart what do you think should we go talk about our friends over at manscaped let's do it all right, all right, all right. Listeners, are you constantly low on gold and struggling to improve your last hit abilities? Well, stop what you're doing as the purveyors of perfect pubic hair will get you farming like the best of them in no time. It all starts with the Perfect Package 3.0 and its flagship product, the Lawnmower 3.0. Complete with a patented ceramic blade and advanced skin safe technology, we're crushing wave after wave of body hair shaped minions with absolute ease. To further improve your game, the Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with an assortment of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. Some of these liquid tools for your rune-shaped jewels includes an anti-chafing deodorant known as the Crop Preserver. This is a total game changer that allows you to topple towers while you're remaining free of sweat. Next up is the Crop Reviver, a spray-on ball toner that will improve your defenses and survivability while in solo mid. The Perfect Package also comes with a handy travel bag disposable shaving mats and a set of anti-chafing boxes that grant you plus 20% movement speed. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. And listeners, we can offer you this very special promotion. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 8bit at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code A-T-E-B-I-T. Remember people, no one wants a dirty, hairy, gross keyboard and mouse keep it sleek keep it clean with thanks to manscape this week's news headlines and the first one with the headline the master of lock picking finally returns to the big screen 
Yes, that's right. Deadline is reporting that the new Resident Evil movie, Zombie Shuffles, into cinemas on the 3rd of September 2021 as part of Labor Day weekend in the United States. The story is set on a night in Raccoon City way back in 1998, where all the chaos fans, where all the chaos fans of video game series know and love unfolds. In the press release accompanying the announcement of the film, Roberts, who previously directed Deep Sea Thriller at 47 Meters Down, explained, With this movie, I really wanted to go back to the original first two games and, cre- and recreate the terrifying visceral experience I had when I first played them, whilst at the same time telling a grounded human story about a small dying American town that feels both relatable and relevant to today's audiences, end quote. So uh, we've, we've talked about this this film here and there and, and broke down the casting and hypothesized about what the story is going to be about, but it's cool to know that they've locked in a date, you know, touch wood, <laughs> barring any any further unforeseen circumstances. But uh, yeah. the 3rd of September, 2021, hitting the cinemas. Maybe it's going to be uh, released simultaneously on some kind of streaming platform as well, I'd envision. But uh, time tells. at least I'll probably be watching in the cinemas on uh, September the 3rd or maybe September the 4th because usually a day ahead. But uh, I'm excited. Miss Hart, are you excited? I'm actually excited because, like, having that line where the directors essentially said, like, I wanted to create the experience that I had when I played the game is it's it's comforting. It's good. Like, it makes you feel like maybe this movie might be in the right hands. Like, we are very passionate about our pop culture, our video games, and when hollywood takes over and they're like this is popular let's turn it into a movie tv show etc but there's obviously no attachment to the where the content comes from and no one really knows what they're referencing they're just doing whatever it's it's sad because we're all like very passionate and obviously resident evil is a very 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 uh got a very strong fan base behind it so having someone involved with a movie that actually played the game experienced the game knows what's actually going on um it's promising it it doesn't necessarily mean it's foolproof because it's open to interpretation and then he's obviously going to have whatever you know company kind of telling him what they want in the background but hopefully it's more on the positive side yeah i I, i'm feeling i'm feeling good like I'm not gonna confirm that this could be a home run and be one of the best video game to screen adaptations of all time, but they're saying all the right things. Like they're not creating a new character and making Mila Jovovich play it and turn it into this action jaunt. Like mm. it feels like this could be more focused on the horror. And if it's a bit of a slow burn with some crazy gore and, and cool scenes. And I'm hoping they they weave in some cheesy dialogue from the 90s. I'd love some of, some of those lines from the original game to just find their way into some of the conversations just for the for the lols. But I'm excited. I'm feeling good. Uh, I really liked uh, 47 Meters Down, which was uh, the most recent film that the uh, the director and sort of the chair of this this movie tackled. I thought that was a really cool spin on the old. Uh, creature feature you know shark survival thriller horror type of vibe so i think if you can sort of translate some of some of that sort of claustrophobia to this and that feeling of like constant tense and un, like tension and unease i think it'll be cool so yeah i'm excited i'm excited just uh just do this franchise right i adore this universe you know a lot of people adore this universe and um yeah, i was sick of getting 
beaten around the head with uh, Alice action adventure crap for the it- for the last what, eight <laughs> movies or whatever the hell they ended up making. Like, yeah, it was like eight, seven, eight. Um, it's Far a delicate. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a delicate time actually because we're going to be experiencing the Mortal Kombat movie this year. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, yeah, so, that's happening this year as well. So uh, we got a couple of game. Yeah. We would have had Uncharted as well, but obviously that got kicked to early next year now, I think. It got bumped out of 2021 altogether, if I remember. I don't have the dates in front of me, but I'm pretty sure it got got punted. So Uncharted by name, Uncharted by box office. So. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, we're going to also get TV shows too, TV shows, because we've got Witcher animated as well. Yep, animated so. Witcher. Uh, I, I don't think we'll get the Tomb Raider animated this year, but we've no. got a few other ones in the works. There's a lot of, lot of, a uh, lot of video game crossover happening, and uh, mm. I'm all for it. And hopefully, this is like a step in the right direction for this greater Resident Evil cinematic universe. Because no doubt, if this movie is successful, they'll want to build off it and and flesh out the rest of the RE stories and maybe make some new ones. But just keep it grounded in the horror. That's all they need to do. Don't Don't try and make it action-y, just slow burn, make it full of dread and fear. That's all they need to do. The cast is great. Just do right by us, please. Please. If you do right by Resident Evil, hopefully someone can do a... I actually didn't mind Silent Hill, to be honest, but like do another Silent Hill. I was about to fight you if you said Silent Hill. No, I wasn't going to say it was bad, but like, you know, let's do another one because it was good. Um, Or I'm now thinking of all the horror games... Like, I would be really good to see a Fatal Frame. I would Ooh, love yeah. to see a Fatal Frame movie. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd watch the hell out of a lot of horror games translated to the big screen. Like, um, it's just trying to make that world translate and then not let the, the Hollywood fat cats cut the guts and the soul out of it to make it into something. That reminds me, I need to part. still watch that Nicolas Cage one where he's fighting animatronics and everyone said it's essentially just Five Nights at Freddy's. It looks. You watched the latest trailer, didn't you? It looks absolutely bonkers. Like, oh, it's, okay. it's Nicolas Cage, so of course yeah. it's going to be absolutely <laughs> bonkers. Say, well, but like, hand in hand. Yeah. Insane, insane, insane. But the next caption, it's it's becoming more and more, I guess, of a common thought process around the place, and uh, it's clear that the world loves tall vampire women. And uh, when Capcom debuted the villain of Resident Evil Village, a downright towering vampire woman by the name of Lady Alcina Dimitrescu, they have. They had to have known how uh, eager the Resident Evil fan base would be to know more about her, right? With her WNBA-shattering height and dominant personality, Lady Dimitrescu quickly became an internet phenomenon and fans were most excited to learn exactly how tall she is. Resident Evil fans finally have their answer. Ari Village art director Tomonori Tanako released a statement thanking fans for their interest in Village and shed some light on the matter. In quotes, most recently, Lady Dimitrescu and her daughters have received a fair amount of attention, far more than we anticipated, Tanako said. It's great that they're able to take the spotlight as icons of Resident Evil Village. Lady Dimitrescu especially has received much fanfare both domestically and overseas, which has made all of us in the development team extremely happy. I hear her height is something of interest, dot, dot, dot. If you include her hat and high heels, Tanako continued, Lady Dimitrescu is... 2.9 2.9 meters tall, so approximately 9.6 feet, or nine feet six inches. That's 9.6 one. feet. Yeah. <laughs> Curse you Americans and your height descriptions. Yeah, nine. Point, metric. Nine feet six inches. 
Mm. Holy guacamole. She is the tallest antagonist in Resident Evil history and just about one of the tallest humanoids I can remember in a game just about ever. Like, she's nearly three metres tall, this woman. Like, power to you, lady. That's a lot of height. It's more um, Tanaka's, like, just statement of, like, hey, guys, um, thank you for being interested in the game. Uh, You know, you guys seem to have really been uh, interested in this character and we didn't really anticipate that. Uh, (laughs) By the way, seems like you all like how tall she is, so this is how tall she is for reference, (laughs) you horny pieces of shit. Uh (laughs) You reckon it's just some, some pity points? Uh, maybe. I mean, they have to acknowledge it because it did reach a very viral level. Like, it was very much prominent yeah. in all social medias. It went all across game consoles, probably even game genres. Everyone um, went horny on main for this character. So it's Everybody. And everybody. then there's so many saucy uh, cosplayers getting around already and talking it's about people wanting to just be crushed by uh, Lady Dimitrescu emotionally, physically, sexually, spiritually, you name it. Like, they mm. just want in on uh, on Lady Alcina. So, uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> I, I think I'm with you. Like, I probably didn't represent the tone that Tanako had in his in his statement. I think you nailed it a bit more uh, aptly where you're like, yeah, thanks, guys. We uh, didn't expect it, you know? It was a bit <laughs> yeah. of a shock. And, yeah, now the world's just, world's just horny for Lady Dimitrescu and her three daughters. Yeah, so I I like that they've kind of gone along with it because they're not idiots. They obviously understand what route this kind of fascination with their character, like where the fan base has actually gone with it. So I appreciate that they've acknowledged it and then they've kind of just done that little jab like, hey, well, if if you're curious, this is her exact height. There you go. Do with it what you must. (laughs) Yeah, 2.9 metres. 9 foot 6. 9 foot 6. Yeah, that's, that's my goodness tall. gracious. She's a just, she's a tall tall woman. Why does she live in a house that she doesn't fit in? Like, cause she we see her in a lot of video content where she's ducking. Like she kind of has to duck to get in. Why yeah. are they building her a house for her? Yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, vaulted ceilings in in the main common areas, but yeah, that's in true. some of the other rooms, yes, yeah, certainly wouldn't be good for a back long term. That's for sure. I guess I'll find out more when the game releases. Yeah, in May. Cannot wait. But uh, yeah, nine foot six inches. My goodness. All right, the next bit of news. The world is not enough, apparently. So they've decided to leak the GoldenEye 007 Xbox Live Arcade remaster. And this remaster, which was originally reported this past weekend uh, through Eurogamer and a host of other media outlets, uh, showed a full playthrough which was posted to YouTube. Um, And the game is actually available now to download and play via an emulator. Digital Foundry's John Linneman has verified the game is playable. It runs at a smooth 60 frames per second and you're able to switch between the old and the new graphics at any given time. So uh, if you want to feel that old Nintendo 64 love, you can do it or you can dial those graphics up a little bit and get some uh, Xbox Live Arcade fidelity in your eyes and ear holes so uh it's kind of cool get a little bit of that uh one of the i guess one of the pillars of uh multiplayer you could say 007 yeah it was definitely a um i 
iconic first person sh- first person yeah first person shooter yeah. Yeah. of the time and anyone that was playing on the Nintendo 64 probably had this game it was yeah and had three friends over more often than not having a <laughs> four player multiplayer slappers only and uh, uh, golden stack. gun and hated all that, that fun stuff hated stack facility was my favorite you yeah, would find me hiding great. in a bathroom yeah, hiding in them vents above the toilets, just creeping. Just karate chopping people in the head. Um, yeah, playing as Jaws. It's so sad to think that this was cancelled, but in the same sense, I don't see me uh, enjoying the game to the same level as I did way back when, if they ever did like a completely remastered, full polished game. Like I could probably play it for like an hour and then I'd be over it. So I'm with you. Like, um. I get excited for the fact that they do remake, remaster, re-release all these hits from our childhood, but like I'm not queuing up day one for most of these to 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 get my mm. fill because a lot of them they don't age too well or they don't translate and then offer you that same magical experience. Like some of them are awesome, like uh, you know, like the crash spin-offs and stuff like that. They're cool, but going back to something like this where the graphics are, you know an improvement but it still doesn't go punch for punch with the the rest of the shooter world so yeah it's it's just cool and and good for for james bond or goldeneye purists if -hmm. they want to download that emulator and uh play around with it and see how it goes but uh yeah the next bit of news gearbox has been bought gearbox studios developers of games like borderlands and also publishers of stuff like the new homeworld titles have been bought by embracer group the same swedish company that owns thq nordic and coke media the acquisition makes gearbox this company's seventh video game holding alongside other companies like Dika and saber interactive the purchase includes plans to expand gearbox's operations adding new studios and staff to create new brands and go looking for more properties to buy Gearbox boss Randy Pitchford, who will stay on as boss of the company, issued a statement opening with mention of Embracer's CEO Lars Wingerfors, which reads, Lars's vision of Embracer as an allied partner group committed to fueling and accelerating the ambitions of a series of decentralized, successful entrepreneurial companies while magnifying the collective value and advantages of diversification across the entire group is the most brilliant strategy and design for short, medium, and long-term success in the industry that I have ever encountered in my 30 years in the industry. Holy fucking shit, Randy Pitchford. Get some punctualization going on in this statement. Jesus Christ, that was one sentence. Someone totally found a dictionary that morning before they put out that statement. Holy guacamole. (laughs) That was one sentence. Okay, the next part. The feeling at Gearbox is that we are just getting started and this transaction is not merely a stimulant for the talent of our employee-owned company, but a propellant for the exciting future we have planned, end quote. So uh, it's pretty big. It's pretty big. Embracer mm. Group making moves. Uh, you know, yeah. they've got a ton of IP under under their banner now and picking up a studio like Gearbox who... Um, like I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's still going to get published through 2K. I don't know if this sort of shifts the the publishing focus of um, these studios moving forward. But uh, mm. big get like Borderlands is, is one of the bigger IPs doing the rounds in the gaming space, and uh, Embracer's just picked up a big one. Uh, hopefully, Embracer Group have a couple of people in uh, in their media team that can help uh, Randy Pitchford for future press releases and statements, <laughs> just to to sort of. <laughs> You know, lessen the intensity of that. But overall, it's uh, it's exciting. It's I'd prefer this than you know what we talked about last week with Tencent. 
buying up everybody. Yeah. So I very yeah. much prefer this, but yeah, it's just going to keep happening. I'd like to be in the same, like, well, I was going to say office, but I guess it doesn't technically work like that. But being alongside THQ Nordic is, is a good get. So I just, I kind of, when I heard that Gearbox had been bought, I was curious what that was going to mean with Randy. And unfortunately, Randy has been known to uh, rub people the wrong way, say the wrong things, and maybe speak his mind a little too much um, in a public forum. And obviously now we know he doesn't really you know, how to construct a good press release either. Yeah. But so I was wondering what was going to happen to him when it came to this buyover, but it seems like he's coming with. So Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious now. if it's like, <laughs> if he's just contractually obligated, you know, when you see these mergers typically happen, the, the boss of the previous company just has to stay on for, you know, two to five years to get their full payout True. and then they're gone. So yeah. I wonder if we're going to see him there forever. Or if this is just he's he's sort of caretaking it for a few years for the merger to to take place and get things rocking and rolling, but um, yeah, crazy times, crazy times indeed. And the next headline: Heroes never die; they just make you wait a little bit longer. And uh, as part of Activision Blizzard's earnings report, the company confirmed that two of Blizzard's most anticipated upcoming games, Diablo Four and Overwatch Two, will not release in 2021. Well, we didn't get any new details on the game itself. During an earnings call, Blizzard management said Overwatch 2 passed a significant milestone in December 2020. This involved, in quotes, hundreds of developers taking part. Overall, Blizzard said it feels confident about Overwatch 2. Also during the call, management confirmed that a new Call of Duty game is releasing in 2021. Well, no fucking shit. But it did not say which studio is developing it or what franchise it might be. Management also said that it had learned a lot already from the free-to-play Call of Duty Warzone, and this game will remain operational and supported in the future, even when the new mainline game releases. Black Ops Cold War's weapons were integrated into Warzone, and it's expected that this will continue with the future mainline Call of Duty games. If history is any indication, 2021's Call of Duty game may be coming from Sledgehammer Games. The studio's last game that it led development on was way back in 2017. So it appears the team may be up next after Treyarch made 2018's Black Ops 4 and in and Infinity Ward developed 2019's Modern Warfare. Treyarch returned in 2020 with Black Ops Cold War. Whatever the case, it's a good time for Call of Duty as the franchise had its biggest year ever in 2020. Additionally, Activision announced that the entire franchise dating back to 2003 has now generate, generated 27 billion US dollars in revenue. Holy moly. That is a lot of cash. That is a lot of cash. So, no Overwatch 2, no Diablo 4 in 2021. Uh, I don't think, like, I wasn't surprised by that. Overwatch 2 maybe, but I thought Diablo 4 might have been a little bit further down the line. Oh, I actually wasn't even anticipating an Overwatch 2 this year. It's been a long time since we've had an Overwatch, but um, like yeah, Overwatch 2, I'm, I wasn't holding my breath for it. Uh, Diablo, uh, I don't know how I was feeling with that one. We've only seen small snippets of gameplay. Yeah. Well, yeah, like there was a beta, right? Of gameplay, was couple there a beta? Of, couple of classes. We saw um, like a, a druid play where he can mm. like transform into like a bear and stuff like that. And we saw like a mage and um, yeah, some cool cutscenes yeah. and trailers, that's for sure. Yeah, and we saw that it actually appears to be a bit more gruesome, a little more violent um, in detail. But I, I mean, I'm not sad. I'm not like devastated that 
I'm not going to be getting either of these two titles this year. Like we've established, we're always quite spoiled for games as gamers. So complaining that two titles are coming out this year is probably far from, you know, <laughs> far, far from the disastrous considering the fact. Um, in regards to Call of Duty, them saying that they're not too sure who's going to be doing the recent one. I feel like Treyarch should just always have the helm of Call of Duty. So do I. I love their games. I love them. Oh, like Infinity Ward do great as well. I'm, I'm a big fan of Infinity Ward through like the Modern Warfare mm. sort of franchise that they sort of made their hay with. But yeah, just give it to Treyarch or um or IW. I'd be happy with either of those. Sledgehammer, send them to go do something else. Hang out with Peter Gabriel. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I like also the no da. Is it true that Call of Duty releases a game every year? Is yep. it really like that? Yep. Gosh, that's intense. That's a Every lot. year in November. Yeah, or, or back end of October to the first two weeks of November. Every year without fail. <sighs> yeah, so we'll get some more of that. The one the one thing that I found interesting where they're talking about Overwatch 2 passing a significant milestone in December 2020 that involved hundreds of developers taking part. I wonder what that was. Like, are they stress testing a server to almost have like a battle royale mode in here? Like, are they talking about hundreds of developers and they were all hands-on and they're trying to weave in a different mode? Like, you know, they were talking about um, in in some further reports trickling around where they're looking to double down and focus more on free-to-play and maybe they bring out an Overwatch Warzone equivalent, you know, where it's like a hero-based BR that's free-to-play and then you get the mainline Overwatch 2 game as well. Like, I don't know. It's it's curious to hypothesize about no you're right because and i mean the major contenders in gaming platform and like the major ones that are out there is your as we mentioned league of legends we've got your apex we've got your Fortnite, and these games are free to play yep yep so these companies have essentially gone forward and said hey you don't need to pay for a game to succeed and consistently get the big bucks from and overwatch you do have to pay to play yeah so that's so maybe maybe we see a free-to-play overwatch equivalent whether it be a spin-off part of overwatch 2 or if it's its own standalone thing but it wouldn't surprise me Mm. not one bit because they'd they'd make all their money back obviously through microtransactions and stuff like that that's that's the easy easy way to do it so Yeah. yeah but we'll wait and see um yeah, we've got obviously BlizzCon happening later this year where we'll probably maybe get some updates and maybe some actual fixed fixed release dates on, on those two games uh, for somewhere in 2022, one might imagine. Hmm. Yes, yes. In the last bit of news, Google Stadia is up against the ropes. Google Stadia is shutting down its internal game development efforts and shifting focus towards third-party games with its, with its cloud streaming service Stadia. According to a Kotaku report ahead of the announcement this past week, Google will close its two game studios in Montreal and Los Angeles with roughly 150 roles affected. Though the company says it will try to find new roles for these developers. Google Stadia VP Phil Harrison confirmed in a post this past week that Google will, in quotes, not be investing further in exclusive content from its internal development teams beyond any near-term planned games. This is due to the significant investment involved in creating games of the quality required. The company states that more third-party games will also be coming to the platform. So, uh, 
I don't know if this is the final death nail, but it's certain like the coffin is getting sealed more and mm. more by the day. Like, uh, you know, this this platform, which had so much premise and oh, not so much premise, so much potential mm. when it was first announced, and, and knowing like a big juggernaut like Google was behind it, you'd think it was in a great position to succeed. But this thing has just had stumble after stumble after stumble and it just feels like this thing's going to be dead and gone within the next two years Uh, sounds like it's going that way i only know maybe two people who use stadia and the major the biggest flex that they've been able to throw on me is there i think stadia had the best quality gameplay of cyberpunk I believe okay. that they they were the ones that got to experience the real like full <laughs> definition of cyberpunk and in its all its beauty. So that was the one flex that they had, but they they do defend it to the end of the earth. But having the actual studio, the Stadia Studio, closed down is a big hit um, and a view of things to come. I remember they took on that. I've forgotten her name, but I believe she actually came from Sony. Is it was it the Santa Monica group? Yeah, Shannon Studsill. Mm-hmm. Shannon Studsill, who uh yeah, left Sony Santa Monica and she was uh supervising the development, obviously 2018's got a war. So don't know what's happening with her and her team there because uh they're closing it down. So is she just gonna go back to Sony or is she gonna jump ship to somewhere else? Like she'd be a good get for whoever can uh convince her to jump on board. Like uh, you know, she's a you know, very intelligent individual and got a lot of success, but uh, yeah, Stadia, Miss Hart, it's it's gone. I remember you guys were trying to pre-order one and were debating getting one, right? And- yeah, it was more of the bandwidth of what it takes in order to successfully play it. So we decided that it just wasn't worth it, especially a household that has multiple consoles, PCs mm-hmm. and everything like that. It's not like we're in dire straits to find a new way to play video games. Uh the whole service in general of being able to play games off like a cloud online and being able to take it with you. At first, I thought that Stadia was going to be the one to lead the charge, but it seems like Microsoft might be beating them. <laughs> so. And I can confirm, you know, Australian internet, it's not known for being the best. That's for sure. No. I think everyone can agree with that. I played xCloud at Benny's house the other day and I forgot to talk about it on last week's podcast. I played uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps via xCloud and it was super super smooth graphics through the phone were phenomenal there was no latency between controller input and the the movement in the game uh it was really really good so xCloud chef's kiss to everyone involved with that especially to be able to make it work in australia with australian internet conditions i was super super impressed like um yeah i can't wait like i still for some reason haven't signed up to to try and get into the the beta of xcloud i should probably do that after this podcast because uh i was blown away with how smooth and seamless that connection was and how how great the play the gameplay translated to the phone i just haven't touched it but uh yeah google stadia uh potentially rest in peace by uh 2023 <laughs> that's uh what i'm saying prove us God. wrong google prove us yeah. wrong yeah, and obviously you see the the same sort of potential stuff churning around with like the Amazon game development where yeah. they're talking about focusing on it yet they're scrapping games and everything else. You know, just 
just because you're a big powerhouse it doesn't mean that you can make games like you know microsoft and sony they seem to be the exception to the rule but uh they've been doing yeah, it for anyway. some time <laughs> yeah yeah tis what it is uh let's move into this eh? sweet of the week and this little ditty short and sweet but i just wanted to to bring it to the table here because i think we've got different opinions in this tweet it's currently a live poll running over at we are 8-bit on dem socials and the question is choose wisely chicken nuggets or chicken wings and uh at time of uh copy pasting these metrics into this agenda doc this morning nugs have 42.9 percent of the vote and wings 57.1 percent miss hart where you casting your vote and why uh I don't see any competition here. Uh, I am full nugs. You would not. You with wings then too? Clearly, yeah. No, I am not a psychopath that you know tries to get my hands dirty and having to navigate the anatomy of a chicken. Uh, I'm full nugs. Let's go, chicken nuggets, number one. You're killing me, but um, like I think, like this question, fence sitting for a second. There's no loser of this like if you get wings or you get nuggets you're happy like kind of feel like the loser is the person who ch- chokes on a bone oh well <laughs> choke on a, on a chicken wing <laughs> you don't deserve it you're doing it wrong like <laughs> take a good hard look at yourself maybe step back go buy a baby bib and some baby food and start with that until you work out how to chew and swallow and all those very difficult things but chicken wings are the best because i think a nug is a nug is a nug for the most part. They all quack, quack. taste pretty similar. Like obviously KFC, as far as the main chains, they're the king of nugs in my opinion. But like they're all pretty similar. They've all got the same sort of sauce, condiments and everything like that with them. Where wings, you can get so many different varieties. You want dry, you want wet, you want spicy, you want sweet. You know, there's all these variations with wings that you can get and it's delicious whether you want a drum, whether you want a flat, you know, with the flat, there's a way you can sort of uh, get all the meat off the bone without even having to sort of break the flats apart. Like there's there's some science to wing eating and oh, I'm all science. about the wings. And science, I make huh? some of the best buffalo wings in in the in the land, like getting around. I'll, I'll, I'll put my hat on that. Like I'll die on this hill. I'm a, I'm a good buffalo wing creator. And um, that's the thing. Like there's a lot of average wings, but when you have good wings, it's like, oh yeah. I can fuck with this. Where nuggets is nuggets. Nuggets wise, I don't really choose nuggets as an option when I go to places that offer them. Like for me, the real nug experience is at home. Like that's the okay. true experience. You get to divvy up if you're having half a packet or you're just cooking up the whole fucking bag, which is usually me. <laughs> and then you are only limited to your imagination or whatever your cabinet of condiments offers now i'm i'm your token just tomato sauce girl so ah, tomato sauce girl yep yep Dip the so if you the if sauce. you were to go to a mcdonald's or a kfc would you get over there in america now would you get them with ketchup then is that what you do oh yeah ketchup yeah i can't yeah. say tomato sauce i have to say ketchup because i think mm. they usually if i say tomato sauce they're assuming i want some kind of like bolognese or some bullshit. oh yum that'd be good with nugs too though like a, a good well, like uh, a marinara. marinara sauce yeah yeah but uh <laughs> no i i when it comes to a fast food joint, I generally don't usually go, oh, hang on, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A does good nugs. But, they um, do do good nugs. So, but yeah, nugs all the way. Wings are just too complex. 
It's too much of a chore. You got to bite around. You got to navigate. <laughs> Your hands are going to get dirty. Like, it's just too much effort for not a good payoff because you're only getting so much meat off the bone. So, there's, some, there's something like almost euphoric about after eating a good nug and you've got like, yes, saucy fingertips and you're like, you know, you finish your meal and you're like the. Oh, like this, it's like ah, oh, it's like the it's like the cherry on top of the Sunday. Like, I love a good uh, a good finger suck or a finger lick. Um, you know, read into that what you will, but uh, I'll make that a sound bite. Yeah, uh, I um, I just love wings. I like I love nugs too. Like as I said, like I don't think you can lose if someone brought like if you went to someone's house and they're doing a cook up of some kind of chicken variety and they whip out. Nuggets or wings, I'd be happy. Like, but if I had to settle on which I one I could eat forever, I'd take the wings. See, like, American uh, I'd cult- love wings. American culture loves wings. Like, they literally yeah. have places here dedicated Buffalo wild to wild wings, baby. Things. Yeah, and I have no interest in it at all. <gasps> like, to me, no, I don't. Like, I, I've tried one once, and to me, the experience just wasn't worth it. I'd rather, I would rather go to Costco and buy a full cooked chook and then eat it that way. Wow, um, that's that's dramatic. It is. It's it's. I just don't think the wing. Like when you get KFC, when you get a bucket, and you get the assortment of chicken parts. Let's just call it that. I hate getting the wing. Wings How, are like my second favorite piece. Are you a psycho? It goes drumstick, uh, breast, <laughs> wing. No, it goes drumstick, wing, rib, thigh, breast. For me. Did KFC have that many different pieces? Five pieces in Chook, yeah. Really? I only feel like I ever really get like three different shapes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the three token shapes of the chicken anatomy. (laughs) (laughs) Breast, leg, wing. There's there's the thigh and then there's the the rib cage as well. Oh. Yeah. I I ate a lot of KFC, so I know this. Yeah, I I am not going to question you. (laughs) (laughs) But okay, here's, here's another thing I didn't even think of. Uh-huh. Boneless wings. Where do you sit with That's that? That's a nugget. It's called a boneless wing, though. Not a nugget. Even though it has the same. This is gonna sound. This is gonna nugget. sound psychotic. You go to a bird, take its bone out, and tell it to fly. See how much of a wing that is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, birdie. You got nugget arms now. But if I was to make wings and then if i stripped all the meat off the bone and just ate the meat without the bone that's a boneless wing that's not Mm -hmm. a nugget i still think like i i like i said i'm not i don't eat wings but i know in the wing eating community there is a big line between people who eat wings with bone and without bone i know it's actually quite a contrast like controversy mm. and a lot of people who are dedicated bone wing eaters if they hear people don't have the <laughs> they bone frown in it, upon the they do eaters. they do they say oh i'm sorry you're eating nuggets then like yeah that's a that's an interesting one isn't it but i'll say yeah, one I... thing too i'm a ranch over blue cheese by a long way i hate blue cheese sauce with a passion it can get in the bin it has mold um yeah it's gross has molded. That's, uh, that was my reference. Shout out to Lubalin and uh, yeah, Jimmy and, and Alison Bree for that one. That was a banger. I can't believe our biggest debate has been about nuggets and wings. <laughs> it's, 
You know, we're very sensitive. I'm very we sensitive, are called with the wings. hungry gamers. So it's a, I like that our most passionate topics is usually about food. But you know what? I've got both frozen wing, like like I've got wings in the freezer, and I've also got nuggets in the freezer. So I'll gladly either or. So uh, I'm gonna actually make some wings tonight or tomorrow. Now I'm gonna defrost some of them wings and cook them up and love every minute, and then I'm gonna suck and lick my fingers. It's like that. What do you guys think about that sexy imagery? Let's move on to the last part of the potty. New releases and events. All right, so we got five games dropping this upcoming week between uh, episode 227 and 228. I've got Death Crown on the PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch on February 11th. Little Nightmares 2 dropping on the PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and a PC. Galgun Returns. Uh, dropping on February the 12th on PC, Xbox, and Switch. Rover Wars on Xbox and February sec- uh, 12th as well. And probably the big one. Mm. The one that was only announced like a month ago, it feels like, or 10 yeah. minutes ago, it feels like. <laughs> Super, Mario World th- uh, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury dropping on that Nintendo Switch on February the 12th as well. So Jumping on that one. Five games, yeah, that one, it looks cool. Like from, from that that announcement trailer, I swear it was, like I'm not going to say yesterday, but it feels like it was the other week when I was eating wings because they're delicious. But um, I can't wait for this. I'm going to be picking this up on the Switch. It'll be the first time I've played my Nintendo Switch in, holy moly, easy, easy six to nine months. It's been oh. flat for so long. I haven't touched my Switch in forever. I think I literally charged mine the other day. There you go. So, like charged and loaded up, not just charged, but yeah. Yeah. No, this one's a great title. Um, Super Mario 3D World is a classic and it's just tons of fun. It is a great game to play co-op and just screwing over your friends by jumping on their heads and um, also using the costumes as well. The costumes are great. So uh-huh. I can't wait to play this one. Heck and yeah. Heck and yeah. And uh, Little Nightmares too. Give that a look too. I really like little, the original Little Nightmares. So uh, I never played it, but it looks beautiful. Like beautiful yeah. in the artistic sense. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. So Miss Hart, that brings us to the back end of episode 227. THG, anything you want to say before we close the studio down for another week? Yeah. I just want to let everyone know that I will be hanging out with the guys from News to Reviews this week on their podcast. So keep an ear out, uh, look out on the social medias and um, we should be talking together about video games. So looking forward to hanging out with the guys. Hell yeah, Zach and Lockie, good good pair of good pair of peeps, and uh, yeah, check them out on the socials, Twitter. It's uh, news number two reviews, so check them out. Be sure to follow and rate, review, subscribe, and give that episode a spin when it drops into your ear holes later this week. Mm. Is it this week yet, or next week? Yeah, well, we're recording this weekend. Nice, nice. Can't wait to give that a listen. But yeah. Apeit Nation, this brings us to the end of the Hungry Gamers for another week. Uh, be sure to rate, review, subscribe us on the podcast player of your choice because those ratings and reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. When you're done checking us out, obviously shop 8bit.net, 8bit.net. They're all our main hubs. You can find great merch, great articles, great podcasts to listen to, great video content. It's all there, 8bit.net and uh, yeah, shop 8bit.net. Uh, once you're done checking our stuff out, obviously audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.com.au for the best in audio-based equipment in the business. 
You want some microphones, you want headphones, you want gaming headsets, you want turntables, you want Bluetooth, you want noise, you want all the good stuff. It is all there, audiotechnica.com.au to start that content creation journey or just uh, upgrade your streetwear. So uh, get that done. But yeah, this brings us to the end of The Hungry Gamers for another week. Much love, Ape Nation. And eat chicken nuggets. <gasps> and then stay hungry and eat wings. You'll stay hungry. You don't want to eat them. To the hungry gamers, one of many but mostly just eat wings. I'm talking over him. Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Can I tell you how weird it is that one of the best shaped chicken nuggets are dinosaur nuggets? And they say chickens are the current dinosaurs, like they're like genetically connected.